The following podcast contains adult subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, welcome to this interview episode of Thinking Outside the Long Box. On the line today, I have Adrian Ray. You may know her from Hulu's Light as a Feather or the new sci-fi series Vagrant Queen. How are you doing today, Adrian? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. So, uh, I want to get started with uh, a little bit about Vagrant Queen. I know it's uh, your newest project that's coming out on Thursday nights on Sci-Fi. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you got involved in it and just what it's like working on that kind of uh, crazy style, like sci-fi show. <laughs> well, um, I got involved via my team. They, you know, heard about this audition through the grapevine and then they pitched me for it and we got an audition too. And it was, you know, you're just putting up shots, you know, auditioning as much as possible and going in for things that we felt would help and looked right for me and I could, you know, help bring something to that character. And they really were very interested in this one. So when I got it, I was like, wow, yeah, I love this. Audition via self-tape and got a call back. Then did that via self-tape. And um, I got a call like five, six days later asking if they could speak with Alita. And um, I was just super excited. And to be a part of it is just absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's it's quirky, it's fun, it's it's making people laugh in the midst of like a very tumultuous time. It's it's vagrant queen, and uh, <laughs> I'm I'm really happy to be a part of it. You know, I'm very grateful, very humble to be, you know, standing up for women and people of color and LGBTQ plus, um, all these dynamics that are within the realm of this role. I'm very very grateful to be a part of it. So I know that uh, Vagrant Queen is based on a comic book and also just kind of there's this amazing tradition of like really strong female protagonists in science fiction. Were there things that you could take from the comic book and things that you took from like other like, you know, like Ripley's from Alien kind of characters as you were approaching uh, Vagrant Queen? Well, as I was approaching her, I um, I really... When I got the audition, I, you know, read my sides, I read the script, and then I went to the comic. And the comic really helped me understand the world, you know, understand the grit of it, the humor of it, like, you know, those type of things. And it really helped set, helped me set the tone for my audition. Um, so I went back and did that for the audition. But then after I had my director's session with Jim, who was our showrunner, she's a writer on the show, she's also a director, um... I realized how much work she has done with the comic and work she has done with, you know, incorporating it into our show and how much she loves comics herself. So I never, I never read comics really before the show and it's introduced me into this whole new world. But, um, I really relied on her because she was so much more versed in it than me. So I relied on her for the comic aspect of that. And, you know, I brought it to life with, with, things that I felt I could relate to her, like in a parallel universe, even though I've never been a queen or had a monarchy or anything like that. I, you know, relied on relatable things like feeling let down or feeling sad or feeling lonely or feeling like I don't want to hurt 
people and, you know, relatable feelings like that. So that's more so where I pulled from. <clears throat> so you are, are also on the Hulu show Light as a Feather, uh, which is, you know, kind of a teenage horror drama show. And then obviously Vagrant Queen is like very like, you know, fun, rambunctious, like science fiction. Like, do you enjoy like playing, you know, within the different genres like horror and science fiction and things like that? You know, is that like kind of a comfortable place that you like? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know that those were, you know, I didn't say I want to go out for a horror drama. Like it never was a, a determining factor, but when I seen the characters and uh, got the scripts, I really, really loved them and I loved playing them. So now I feel more comfortable with, you know, understanding what those dramas consist of and, and, you know, what they're looking for in regards to the characters. Um, but I'm really open, very open to portraying, you know, a wide variety of characters and a wide variety of genres. Um, but now I, now that I've been in the comic world and, you know, in the sci-fi world, I am kind of like a little biased at the moment. Like, yeah, I want to do like Marvel next. <laughs> but um, I, I am, you know, very open to, I, I do want to do like a sitcom comedy. I think that'd be fun. Like, I'm open to many things. If so, I have to ask: Have you ever like thought about which character you would want to play if you could play a Marvel character? I have, and after thinking about it, I would want to play someone who isn't uh, who doesn't have like their own major franchise yet, and um, someone who embodies independence and strong women and women who think for themselves and they can protect, protect themselves and, uh, you know, they go for the greater good. That's the only limitation I'm going to put on it. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so when, when you're looking at like doing science fiction or like horror stuff, you, you often are having to deal with like, uh, special effects, you know, whether they be like done digitally or practically, were there any like interesting experiences that you had on on either show having to like deal with special effects? Um, yeah, for sure. For Light as a Feather, having my hand uh, like casted for the first time when I had to get my hand stabbed with the wine thing that she took. Uh, so we had to like have that on there. It was my first time having a prosthetic at all, like having to put a cast on there and make it look like it like, literally went through and painting it all, which was really cool. But then when I got to um, Vagrant Queen, it was super interesting to just work with people who had full-on heads all over their head, eyeballs, necks, everything, prosthetic. And they're talking to me, and I'm talking legitimately to this person who was completely blue. Or <laughs> this person who just, you know, they they literally look like aliens, and they're emoting so much emotion, and I'm like, oh wow, I am really talking to an alien. So um, that was just super interesting because it's not like I had to talk to a tennis ball and then they put it in later. It was actually being able to like work with aliens, so it was it was really different and really cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> when. <not? laughs> When you're when you're talking with somebody that like is in like a full prosthetic, does it ever catch you off guard or like there are ever moments where you're like, 
you chuckle because something looks just so weird or ridiculous and you have to say, oh, give me a second. I got to get over this thing first. Yes. But you know what? Gratefully, it happened before we got to set. So I would see people before and it would be like, oh, my God. Holy shit. You really (laughs) look like a dog. That's okay. I'm sorry. Let me just let me just get over this. All right, all right, I can do this. Oh, <laughs> uh, that, that would be so much fun! Like, I can't imagine like the experience of you know the the guy that you work with or the lady that you work with, and they come around the corner and they just look like something totally different. That'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> when you the worst uh, is when I I don't realize that I've met them before because they were dressed as like a different alien before, and I'm like, hi, <laughs> welcome to the show, and they're like, you met me two weeks ago, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. You're like you look you different. were a completely different alien. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh man. So when you're when you're doing all the you know all these effects and stuff like that you know you have all the gadgets and weaponry and ships are there ever moments where you just get kind of like lost in the whole thing and it's almost like you could you're there in a sense or is it just there's so much other you know production from the behind the scenes that there's no moment like that no you know what's great about working on bacon queen is um jim and our directors they really appreciated and acknowledged whatever it took for us to be in our creative space. And for me, I really like to just dive in and completely live in it. So if there was ever anything, I'm like, I'm sorry, this person is like, why are they in my room right now? Are they, do they have to be in here? And they would be like, no, they don't have to be in here. Why are you in the room? And they would like get them out of the room because I wanted it, you know, unless it's the camera and because I can black out the camera and things like that. But I, I would really get lost in our scenes because our, our sets are so realistic. Like we're really, you go in the Winnipeg, you go in the, in the cockpit and you can really press all these buttons and they do stuff. And, you know, it, it was so realistic. So I definitely like just dove all the way in with that. And I'm just very grateful that my, you know, everyone around me allowed me and the rest of the cast to just live in those moments, making them authentic as possible, as authentic as possible. It- it's it's interesting that like you get to create <clears throat> excuse me sorry this this whole different world like I, I love that aspect of of science fiction and basically just all genre stuff in general so <laughs> that, that's kind of my jam so I'm I haven't yeah. had the opportunity to watch this show yet but as soon as Juan had sent me the information I was like oh my gosh I've got to get right on this show so I think <laughs> I think my <clears throat> My wife just got back from out of state, so I think we're going to probably start watching it tonight. So I'm very excited because this oh, is, this is cool. her thing, too. She watches, like, Lex, and, you know, she watches Sliders, and she watches Doctor Who, and she watches Star Trek. Like, all of this science fiction TV is just Oh, my incredible. friend's in Doctor Who. <laughs> What's that? I have a friend that's in Doctor Who. Oh, that's awesome. That's but, awesome. I'm glad that she enjoys the genre. Oh, yeah. She's... She uh, she's a huge, huge fan of science fiction. I think partially because of what you're, you know, approaching the role with is there's so many strong female characters, you know, strong, you know, brown and like black characters and strong like, you know, LGBTQ or at least like identifying or skewing that way, you know, depending on how you approach fandoms that that it really speaks to her, you know, it, it it speaks to her person in a way that a lot of other genres don't. Mm-hmm. 
For sure. So tell me a little bit about your love and light media, because this is a really cool idea to me. Mm-hmm. Um, love and light media is my production company. And, um, underneath of love and light media, we do several things, you know, of course, you know, making films, um, helping people create and also giving back to the community in the most heartfelt way that we know. So we have the love and light heart and soul scholarship, which is, you know, we're getting that off the ground. And, um, it's, for our students who are underprivileged and they just, you know, for me, I struggled trying to get funding for college. I mean, I got scholarships for academics and things like that, but still somehow it didn't, it wasn't enough. Right. <laughs> so, um, you always, then you start freaking out while you're in college. Like, Oh my God, am I going to be able to come back next semester? What am I doing with my life? And it's just very dramatic <laughs> and a lot of stress. So, I said to myself, how can I help? And um, I decided that I would make the Heart and Soul Scholarship. And the heart is for the heart of our country. And that is uh, the people, you know, keep us going. And, and you can tell in the midst of this chaos, they kept us going. And that's, you know, um, for healthcare related fields. Like if you want to go to school to be an RN, uh, occupational therapist, a physician assistant, an MD, a DO, um, that's scholarship can be used towards people who are interested in that realm with the same financial criteria that um, you would need for someone who, you know, is underprivileged. And then you have the soul, which is for those who are interested in things like the arts and directing and cinematography and theater and things like that, because both of those created me to the person that I am today. And I want to get back in both ways because I would not be who I am today without both the arts and the healthcare professions. So um, that's that's what we decided to do, and we're working very hard to get that off the ground. <laughs> when when you're looking at you know giving back or doing charity, what are some of the the obstacles that you find coming up that that were surprising to you? Because it has to be hard to start, you know, like a foundation or a charity like that. Yeah, it's surprisingly dif- more difficult than I thought. I mean, <laughs> originally, I <laughs> I was very surprised by that. I'm glad you asked me this question. I feel like <laughs> I need a bit. Um, I went to, uh, not my current accountant, but I went to a different accountant and I said, hey, I want to do a scholarship. And he was like, oh, God. And I was like, why? Okay, tell me more. And he's like, it's just a lot of upkeep and paperwork and board members and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, did all these <laughs> things. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, I just want to give people, you know, a thousand dollars here, a thousand dollars there, a thousand dollars goes there. And he's like, yeah, that, that doesn't work. Can't do that. I was like, why? Why is it hard to give out scholarship? Why is that a hard thing? I don't understand. That so seems that's really the weird. Reason that I'm yeah, it is. Like, you got to do all this paperwork. And then he was like, well, if it's only going to be this much money, it's not even worth it. If you're only going to give this much, that's not worth it either. You need to give at least this thing for it to even be worth your trouble. <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we've been going through the paperwork and, and doing all the, getting everything in place to make sure it's legitimate. And, you know, we get placed in... Um, 
the the high schools and on the people's alert because you know there are certain sites that you know students can go to and find scholarships and see what they qualify for and things like that. But if your scholarship isn't of a certain stature and has certain you know things checked off on it, it won't be included onto that list, and therefore it's not reaching you know everyone that it could. And that's the goal of this is for it to reach people that you know might not have all the access in the world to everything that other people would underprivileged. So um, I'm trying to make sure I do it the correct way to make sure that it finds its way to those who need it the most. It's interesting. Like, it sounds like that guy misunderstood like what your goal was. Like your goal is not to accomplish (laughs) some kind of tax break. Your goal is to help people like helping people is what makes it worth it. Not like some weird financial gain. That's, that's kind of sad. I feel bad for that guy. (laughs) Bless his heart. He's not my accountant. My accountant's degree, and they understand my goals. <laughs> That's awesome. So, as we're kind of rolling towards uh, the end of the interview, you know, I know that the way you know the way this pandemic has been affecting us, and the way it's like kind of keeping everybody in place, and the way people aren't working. That there's a lot of people that don't have any real upcoming projects, but I do like to ask, uh, is there anything that's in the works for you right now? Or are you still just, you know, working on promoting Vagrant Queen and, and your, uh, and your, uh, charity, or is it, you know, do you have some other things that are coming along for us to look forward to? That's a great question. Um, here's the thing. I'm always going to work to promote Vagrant Queen because it is my first series lead it is an amazing show to me. I'm proud of the work that me and my castmates and the crew has done. So yes, I'm always going to be promoting that. Um, I'm always interested in meeting and talking to and engaging with the people who support me and I want to support them how they support me. So that's another part of my day. Um, I'm a creative, so I'm constantly working on my craft and working to create. So of course there are going to be things coming for me in the pipeline, whether I know of them or not. Um, they're coming because all things are working out for our greater good. And I believe I'm always good. I'm always in good hands. So um, something's coming for sure. And I'm excited about it. I may not know what it is yet, but I'm super excited. I am auditioning and things like that. And they're starting to roll back in. So let's, let's see what lands. And, and of course I'll be the first to tell you on my social media platforms, Adrian Ray, A-D-R-I-Y-A-N-R-A-E. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can keep in touch with me there and I'll make sure I keep you guys updated. That is awesome. Well, Adrian, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to watching Vagrant Queen. Like just, I showed, I, like I said, I showed the trailer to my wife. I was like, you're going to love this. And she's like, Oh my God, it looks so good. So, (laughs) so we're going to start watching it this evening, but, and I'll, I'll shoot you like an Instagram or something and let you know what I think of it because I'm really excited for it. I hope this show gets legs. Like there's some sci-fi shows that have just captured people's imaginations like Eureka and stuff like that, that have run for tons of seasons and been super successful. And I, I really hope that for this show too, because it looks really, really good. So thank you very much, Adrian, for being on our show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me and you have an amazing day. I will. You too.
Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thinking Outside the Long Walks podcast. Join us on Facebook and Twitter to get behind-the-scenes information for exclusive content and to be notified when new episodes are available. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent or reflect those of the Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast, Baron Space Productions, its partners, or affiliates. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is made available by its creators, Juan, John, and Gabe. The podcast is edited and produced by Juan, and Albie is the co-executive producer. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is a barren space production. <laughs>